Hey everyone, welcome to What Are You Watching? I'm Alex Wither and I'm joined as always by no one. Solo pod today. Nick and I recorded a few episodes yesterday and I ran the idea by him of occasionally recording solo episodes of new movie releases. It's all based on timing. We live in a weird time right now in terms of going to the movie theater. Are theaters even open near you? Do you feel safe going? All that stuff. Uh, A lot of studios have caved and are releasing their major movies either straight to streaming or shortly to streaming after a really brief theatrical run. A few new movies are doing it the old-fashioned way and playing in some movie theaters and then hoping to gain a good word of mouth and thereby get more asses in seats before it's released into our home a few months later. And that is the kind of path that brings us to Paul Schrader's The Card Counter. I don't know how long this movie is going to be in theaters, but it is right now and it will be at least for another week. And they'll probably drop it on pay-for-play sites like four days after we publish this episode. But either way, it's a new movie worth watching, which in the era of COVID, we don't get to talk about as much as we'd like. So I'm going to get into the card counter. This is going to be a quick spoiler-free review of Paul Schrader's trippy new movie, why I liked it, why it's worth seeing some Schrader background because, well, okay, I'll start with him. Actually, I am a huge Paul Schrader fan. He has directed 22 features and he's written even more. I watched them all and did a director's profile for my blog uh, in mid-2018, and it was really cool to explore one of film's most controversial figures. He's made some good movies, some not-so-good movies, some fantastic movies over the last 40 years, and I think he would even admit that he swings really big for most of his movies, whether he's writing it or directing it, and By that very nature, not all of them are going to be a hit. His last movie, First Reformed, was a really rare Schrader film that it really worked for critics and audiences. Um, And he got his first ever Oscar nomination for that for original screenplay. And that's just wild. I mean, this is a guy that wrote Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Last Temptation of Christ, Bringing Out the Dead. He wrote those for Scorsese, and he only has one Oscar nomination. So First Reformed really hit in a way that Schrader has not seen in quite a long time. And I think he's still kind of riding off of that by being able to cast exciting actors, being able to get a decent size for his budget, which is not always the case for him. So that brings us to the card counter, which certainly isn't being as highly praised as First Reformed, but I don't know, it's still worth checking out. Again, spoiler-free remarks here, but... The card counter is about a guy named William Tell, which is such a Paul Schrader character name. He is played and played perfectly by Oscar Isaac, and he slowly and steadily moves from casino to casino and makes a living by engaging in really calculating gambling. He can count cards in blackjack. He knows the odds of roulette. He knows the mechanics of poker and on and on. But... Kind of the general consensus I'm getting from the reviews that I've skimmed of the card counter is that it's not a movie about card counting. And my only argument to that is like, yeah, Taxi Driver isn't really a movie about driving taxis. In that film, Travis Bickle is fighting a hell within himself that is caused by 
like kind of obscure means you get some windows into why he is the way he is in the card counter. William Tell is most definitely fighting in internal hell within himself. But Schrader now has no problem showing us outright what is plaguing William. Um, I didn't. So this is where this review gets tricky because I did not know about any of this, any of William Tell's backstory. And I always prefer it that way. A lot of articles are focusing on it, and it's kind of presented itself as the main point of discussion around the film. And I think that's okay. but I don't know if you somehow managed to avoid all the press for this movie like I did. I'm I'm not going to talk about it here. So I'll just say that Schrader throws us right into a very realistic hell, and it's shot in such a jarring provocative way and it's like schrader's just daring his critics to call him out because he doesn't care at all this is a guy who started as a film critic so he welcomes film criticism for positive or negative but you know needless to say william has seen some shit he has done some shit he has spent a lot of time alone ruminating on this stuff and that's expressed to us in flashbacks via contemporary journal entries conversations he has with acquaintances but most interestingly you witness this with like voyeuristic fascination as he's just a guy alone in a room which is paul schrader's bread and butter i mean all the best moments of this movie you're just watching oscar isaac kind of do his thing alone and the initial i don't know what propulsion of the movie is watching this guy move from shitty casino to shitty casino he makes small amounts of dough intentionally, and he has a really kind of cool ritualistic relationship with every motel room he enters uh, and on and on. And shortly into the movie, he's offered by a friend, Lalinda, played by Tiffany Haddish, to stake him in a way of winning more money. And he doesn't want to do that. He lives modestly and alone, and he's good on funds. But then his background, his tumultuous background, catches up with him and... You know, he finds a reason to need more money. He starts mentoring a young guy, Ty Sheridan. Willem Dafoe comes into the fold. That's a Paul Schrader regular, so it's always good to see Willem Dafoe in a Schrader movie. So, Taxi Driver, American Gigolo, Light Sleeper, The Walker, First Reformed, The Card Counter. All Paul Schrader works about troubled men alone in a room and then essentially risking their lives out there, out there, doing their jobs. And it goes just beyond the titles because variations of this theme are in uh, Hardcore, The Last Temptation of Christ, Affliction, Bringing Out the Dead, Autofocus. So thematically, The Card Counter is genuinely one of the most appropriate movies of the year for its specific creator. The Card Counter is a Paul Schrader film through and through. And if you are a fan of his uh, perfectly imperfect style, as I am, I think you're going to find value in the card counter. You know, Schrader's been doing this a long time. He started by writing scripts for really high-profile directors, Scorsese, Sidney Pollack, Brian De Palma. And then only two years after Taxi Driver, he starts directing his own movies with 1978's Blue Collar and Wow, that movie is intense as hell. It is not what you think it's going to be. And, you know, some of Paul Schrader's movies work. Others don't. That's okay. He starts with, right in a row, he goes Blue Collar, Hardcore, American Gigolo, Cat People, Mishima, A Life in Four Chapters. 
Those are all really noticeable movies that are still talked about today. The latter, Mishima, is still talked about because it's a really unique biopic and it's not a very Schrader-like Schrader film and it's kind of worth checking out for that reason alone. A few others to note from him, Light Sleeper, where Willem Dafoe plays a drug dealer, Affliction, which captures the hmm, generational effects that alcoholism can have on a family. And it does this just about as well as any other movie I've seen. It is a uh, not a Friday night movie. Autofocus is about the life of Hogan's hero star Bob Crane. The Canyons made for about a quarter million dollars written by Brady Stanellis. And Doggy Dog in 2016, which is arguably the most outrageous movie Paul Schrader has done yet. That's saying a lot. And then, of course, First Reform last year, which kind of reignited his career in a really interesting way and maybe captured a never better Ethan Hawke. What a great movie. In all of this time, the word that comes to mind to me most when I think of Paul Schrader is provocateur. And that's in the things that he says and certainly in types of content he creates. I don't just mean that in a salacious way. And I, I was trying to think of examples of this. Um, if you watch The Card Counter, this movie Simply the way it looks is intended to provoke really intense discussion because the entire movie is lit and looks like it was shot under the harsh, ugly lighting of a casino. And I've seen it twice in theaters. The first time I saw it, I was like, what is this? Because when you see First Reformed, even, just look at the posters of the two movie. The card counter poster looks like kind of, I don't know, like harsh light washed out. Oscar Isaac looks almost sort of cartoonish and then first reform is like it's not that same type of lighting it's very realistic and deep and that is all intentional that's meant to be unsettling and even the sound design of the card counter is very foreboding very moody the score helps with that too yeah this is all intentional just how first reformed was shot on shot in the four three aspect ratio with the bars at the side there it's very controlled it's very deliberate and then one scene, it's two stars are just levitating off the ground. And, you know, that's Schrader. He has intention. Whether it works or not is always a matter of spirited debate. So obviously, I'm a bit of a Schrader fan, and I'm burying the lead a little here because truly, if there is a reason to see the card counter, it is Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac is in a rarefied position where He's seemingly liked by everyone. He has some serious acting chops, but he can also do the Star Wars thing and have fun doing it. He is a Juilliard-trained actor, and that's really evident in his... I mean, he has a few, like, gripping monologues in the card counter where Schrader does not break the shot. He'll hold it or just very delicately push in. Um, he's doing incredible work. Oscar Isaac is doing incredible work on... HBO right now with his Juilliard classmate Jessica Chastain in Scenes from Marriage, which is something we're going to be getting into in a few weeks here on the pod. But if you like Oscar Isaac, I'm fairly confident that you will at the very least like, if not love, his work in the card counter. He is on point, dialed in, fully in it. Tiffany Haddish. Bit of flack for Tiffany Haddish in the press for the card counter. And, you know, I'm kind of here to be on the defense about it because stunt casting is something that Schrader does, and I appreciate it. 
Richard Pryor in Blue Collar, Joan Jett in Light of Day, James Dean in The Canyons, Cedric the Entertainer, remember he was in First Reformed, Tiffany Haddish in The Card Counter. Schrader has always been interested in grabbing people from different areas and putting them in dramatic work. I I mean, come on. I think Schrader could have possibly found a more refined actor than porn star James Dean for the Canyons, but he didn't. And that's Schrader. Tiffany Haddish is, she always cracks me up. That is not her role here as Lalinda in the card counter. I respect the leap of her getting into Schrader's world. And she might be a bit miscast, but I don't know. It's, this is not a perfect film. And I liked it much more the second time I saw it, and I was much more forgiving of its flaws, which it does have a few of, and that's okay. But, I mean, genuinely, as it stands now, this is certainly one of the better films I've seen in 2021, and certainly, without question, one of the best lead performances I've seen so far this year. And, you know, I'm the one on the podcast who keeps saying that we have, we got a lot of good movies coming out from good directors in 2021, but... I don't know how those are going to go. We're just going to see. It's So right now, as we near the end of September 2021, I think The Card Counter is one of the better movies so far this year. You know, you watch First Reformed and you can really see the influence that Bergman, Ozu, uh, Bresson, Dreyer has had on Schrader. The Card Counter honestly feels more like it's influenced by Paul Schrader movies than anything else. So take that for what it's worth. And closing out here, so... You know I love lists, and if you want a little further reading on Paul Schrader, maybe you can't see the card counter, but you know, you're know you interested in some more of his work. I suppose my top five would be, five would be Mishima, A Life in Four Chapters. It's one of the most unique biopics I've ever seen, which is a tough genre in and of itself, and he does some things, he does a lot of really, really cool things with it. American Gigolo, which is a very um, infamous movie with Richard Gere, Hardcore, which is very, very insane with George C. Scott. First reformed at number two. Not enough good things I can say about that movie. And then my number one is Affliction, which was released in 1998. And I just looked and you can watch Affliction on Tubi and IMDb right now for free. And it's not a Paul Schrader film in terms of its style or its look. It's very cold. It's very, it takes place in the winter, a lot of snow, very realistic. I would argue that it contains a never better Nick Nolte. He maybe should have won the Oscar. He's fantastic. James Coburn plays Nolte's, um, God, volcanic alcoholic father. And he actually did win the Oscar for it, which was so well-deserved. And you get to see a really against type Willem Dafoe in it. And I mean, that is a great compliment to that actor and his work. Sissy Spacex in it. That's Affliction is a great, great movie from a master provocateur. And you know, that's it, folks. It was a quick solo review and some quick shout outs to Paul Schrader films. If you watch any of these movies for the first time or you have strong opinions on Paul Schrader's work, including The Card Counter, please let us know what you thought of them at W-A-Y-W underscore podcast on Twitter. And as always, thanks for listening and happy watching. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. You can watch my films and read my movie blog at alexwithrow.com. NicholasTostal.com is where you can find all of Nick's film work. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at what 
areyouwatchingpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can find us on Twitter at W-A-Y-W underscore podcast. Next time, we're going to talk in depth about perhaps the best supporting actor who ever lived, the iconic John Gazelle. Stay tuned.